1: You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss spirit podcast with Ben Garrett.
2: This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Been on Twitter. Yes, that stayed the same where you can find my work has now changed it's no longer at 247 sports it's at on3.com and i'm pumped up about it chuck and i have moved to on3.com love david like a brother he's still at 247 bradley sal still here hey buddy what's up
3: what's up man how's it going man
2: it has been a hellacious
3: 24 hours yeah, that's that's what it that's that's what it sounds like, man. I didn't didn't really really follow it too close, but I saw there was some change up. But you know what? Um whole new change moving forward, it'll be awesome. It'll be cool.
2: It was so funny because the shit hit the fan. And I'm sorry, I've already said a bad word. But it hit the fan midday Tuesday, and I'm getting just blown up messages and calls. From so many different people. And I have to say something real quick. All you people out there. That hit me up on Twitter. DMs. On the Old Spirit site. On the New Spirit site. Text. Calls. It was overwhelming. And incredibly uplifting. And I cannot thank all of y'all enough. I wish I could thank each and every one of you personally. And hopefully one day I'll be able to. <laughs> if you see me in the Grove. If you see me at a game. And you were one of those people, please come and shake my hand because holy cow, that was a whirlwind 24 hours and all of those words of encouragement were just awesome. They were great and helped me and definitely helped Chuck and to land it on three with Shannon and Terry is the most excited I've been. And I'm not saying this um, just because it's just now happened. I'm not saying this because this is the place I now work at, but I've never been more excited. Shannon Terry is awesome. And he blew me away with an offer. And I could not even think to ever turn that down. And now I'm at a very exciting, growing place. And it's ahead of the curve. And Shannon's track record speaks for itself. But it was funny all this hits the fan <laughs> midday Tuesday. I'm getting blown up. And then finally, I get a text from you, and it's, Hey, man what's going on what were you doing (laughs) were you under a rock
3: yeah dude but listen here's the cool thing man like shannon terry's got a heck of a reputation so um it's it's a good gig for you i mean i mean it's a i mean i bet you didn't know monday that you were going to be employed by someone else on wednesday i didn't know (laughs) on tuesday
2: morning when i recorded this podcast That on the next time, on the next time, because like I put up the Reagan Burford interview on Wednesday, that was supposed to go in Wednesday's podcast with me and David. And then it became its own thing because I don't have a job anymore. (laughs) And now you and I are talking and we talk every single Thursday for your football fix. But now it's just you and me today. And that makes me sad because I love David to death. He's a brother. I love him. But it's surreal how quickly my entire existence just was completely upended. It was bizarre. It was truly bizarre. And it's unfortunate how a lot of things went down. It really is. And I don't know, man. I'm glad that I've landed where I've landed. And again, for all those people out there that reached out, even those of you that don't really particularly care for me, reaching out saying, hey, man, not a big fan, but what happened to you sucks. All of that mattered. It really did, and it was just really funny that Brad, who I talked to more than most anybody else, <laughs> was like, "What's going on?" Even Ryan Buchanan got to me before you, man. What's up?
3: Yeah, dude. I mean, you know what though? All, all, all good moving forward. You're in a good spot. We'll, we'll keep rolling on the post game show. All the podcasts and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, you, your, your umbrella may have changed, but, uh, the personality and the content will still be just the same. So hopefully everybody will still, still tune in and follow it.
2: You're still going to have to, uh, be here, of course, but you're going to probably have to do a little bit more. You know that, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll get it.
2: All right. Okay. Man, how has your last couple of days been? I know that you've been coaching some softball. Before we get into some old Miss stuff, right? You've been coaching some softball. Your life didn't change all that much, right?
3: man my wednesday nights are crazy i i have a year old cuz you coach
2: your 8 and 9 year olds like they're the, the thing, 97 no, they're, yankees
3: they're in the different leagues man so i have to coach two teams i can't just choose one to coach my wife made me head coach both of them so i'm in, Mine
2: did, I'm that in too. Of, Mine did that
3: too I'm in, I'm in charge of 25 girls each of them have two parents um I mean, just just an absolute, um, absolute tough gig. Now,
2: don't downplay uh, it. Tell the people what you do. What you told these kids when you met up with them.
3: Well, we're we're a little bit more serious than most most rec league teams. Uh, my shocker. My, my, my little eight year old. Now, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna brag or anything. But <laughs> I'm not gonna closest, brag. But wait, I'm not gonna brag. But let me brag. She's ever played the closest game she's ever played is nineteen to four. And and there's been many other people play this and they, and they could fend for it. It's a it's a pretty talented team. My older team, eh, they're they're okay. They're one one and one. Dude. But uh but but the younger team, they haven't lost the game in two years. So um they're pretty darn good.
2: Where does she hit in the lineup?
3: She's she bats fourth and tonight she had a Two doubles and a triple, and one was with bases loaded. So she's that eight-year-old that when she comes up to bat, she's either knocking somebody's teeth out <laughs> or she's going in the gap. So just asking why it's played against her.
2: So how proud will you be if one of them ends up playing? I don't know, Ole Miss softball.
3: That'd be awesome, man. I'll tell you what, it I didn't really push him to play, but um, but you know the the younger one likes it a lot, and she always wants to practice, and she wasn't very good at first. And in a matter of a year, she went from not very good to, I would say, she's probably the best offensive player in the league. She hits it pretty good. Um, I mean, way better than good, but she's she's a solid player. So it's amazing how, when they want to do it, how, how, good, how good they can become when they practice.
2: Well, that's the deal. Like my youngest, Riley, she's playing soccer now. And I told everybody I was retiring from coaching. But, of course, the team that drafted her was um, Leslie Swords, who I graduated with. And she was like, Ben, I don't know nothing about soccer, so you're going to have to help. I'm like, ah, but I was getting out. But you can't pull Phil Jackson off. You know, you you can't leave Phil Jackson on the bench. You can't leave him in retirement. You pull him out and you put him back in there and (laughs) let him coach. And so I've gotten into it. And the thing is, is like Riley's really good when she wants to be. But the other night, I'm trying to get her to do different things out there, trying to help her score a goal. And she can't hear me. It's like, bothering me like really bothering me um i'm not mad or anything i'm like is is something wrong is is what they win because of course they win we get in the car and i go riley you did so good baby oh thank you dad i was like yeah it was great hey um i was trying to get your attention out there could you hear me she went oh yeah i was just ignoring you
3: (laughs) that sounds about right
2: yeah so if they want to and the thing is is when they actually accomplish something like scoring a goal hitting a double whatever you lose your mind but i told gracie and i told riley i don't care if you play piano i will cheer just as loudly at a piano recital as i will at a soccer game as i will at a softball game just care about something but the weirdest thing talking about life of people as we get started here i found out 30 minutes before riley's last soccer game as i'm going in there to coach because i have to shadow coach for leslie I go in there having just found out that I've been terminated. (laughs) So I'm standing there and all these people, I, I live in New Albany. And these are all the people I've grown up with my entire life. And they're going, Ben, are you okay? And finally, I said to my best friend in the world, I was like, look, man, I lost my job today. And I said it very discreetly. And he goes, wait, what? And all of a sudden, because you know how small towns are. You're from one in Mississippi. All the people yeah. around go, wait, wait, Ben, what? what happened? What happened to you? What What went on? I was like, oh, my God. And then it became like the story of New Albany. Hey, Ben, I heard what happened. I was like, guys, I appreciate that. Thank you. But how did this spread like wildfire? <laughs> and then I went online. I tried to avoid message boards. But then I kept getting getting sent screenshots from different places. And people were losing their minds. And I tell you, I mean, it it was a shock. It really was. It was a shock because I wasn't told anything. I wasn't told a thing. The only thing I got was Chuck calling me saying, hey, this has happened. And that was it. That was it. I mean, David reached out because Dave is my brother, but that was it. And it was just done. It was the most awkward thing ever. So to land like this at ON3 is awesome. I'm excited. I'm so appreciative to Neil and Chase and to David, just all those people that were checking in and talking to me. And, oh man, Chuck, of course, Chuck's giving me my entire life. And thankful to all those people out there that have signed up already. And if you want to right now, you can get a full year for a dollar for this week, a full year for a dollar just by signing up a dollar. So go to own com, oldmisson Miss on and check us out. I'm there, Chuck's there, and we're going to hire a third person. Brad's going to be there. Right, you're going to be there.
3: I'm going to be there. I'm okay, gonna be there. you're going to be there. I'm all in. I'm, I'm on three, baby.
2: On three. He's going to be there. CJ Johnson's going to be there. Ben Brown's going to have his front line view tomorrow. I think, I think we're supposed to do that. So nothing's going to change as far as coverage is concerned. And this podcast is going to continue on. And uh, it sucks that David's not here. It does. I love David to death. So it bums me out. But I, I told David... Earlier tonight, because we're recording late, late on this Wednesday night. And I'm running like 20 minutes sleep. So if I repeat myself, please forgive me. I am brain fogged out right now. I'm just kind of losing it. But um, me and David were talking and I was like, okay, well, I'll call you tomorrow, right? We're back in that old place that we were. But now our relationship's completely changed. We didn't know each other at all, at all. When he merged with us. (laughs) I mean, the funniest thing, I wrote this in a column when he was down with COVID. He honestly said this to me. One night, he's the most meaningful thing anyone's ever said to me ever. He goes, Ben, when I first came over, I didn't know you. I thought you were an asshole. He went, the more I got to know you, man, I love you, man. And I was like, thank you, dude. That means a lot to me because I don't want to hurt people in any way or anything like that. You know, I don't want people to think I'm a jerk. It just shows how far that came and where we are now. But we're back in that place. Dave is my boy forever. I'll do anything for him ever. But here we are in Old Miss Place, Tennessee on Saturday. That's the weirdest thing. <laughs> The world keeps spinning, you know. The world keeps spinning, and on Saturday, Ole Miss plays Tennessee, and I feel like I haven't even prepared for this game yet. I've got to do a bunch of game coverage on Saturday, and I don't really know how to prepare. So, help me out here. What is Ole Miss walking into on Saturday?
3: They are very confident. You know, the more you look into it, they, they they've gotten they've won two games in a row um versus, you know, crappy SEC teams, but they have won SEC games and they won them convincingly. And sometimes, man, that false sense of um, you know of confidence can carry you a long way. I'm going to tell you right now, this is their Super Bowl. And um, and we're going to have to go in there prepared. And there is no other way to put it. So, um, you know, I, I, I just I, I think going into it, um, the key is going to be uh, what I'm looking for is, hey, what are we doing on defense this week? If we roll out there. Same thing last week. Well, then I'm going to sit back, so I'll be up in Knoxville. I'm just going to sit back in the chair and hope we score 60 because that's what it's going to take to win. Um, Tennessee can certainly run the ball really well. Um, Their confidence confident going to be a live stadium. I think they may be doing like a manning day or something. I mean, they're really playing this thing up. So um, checkerboard day too. So it's, it's a big deal for them. They're going to be hyped. The environment's going to be hyped. Um, it's going to be a matter of us coming there, weathering the storm. Um, you know, that first ride, that first wave, you know, keep the game, you know, right there, close, and then hit him in the mouth and and get after him a little bit. But yeah, it's it, we're 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 walking into a buzzsaw, and we better be ready to go. What's so interesting about
2: it is all the connections on the coaching staffs: Josh Heupel and Lebby, Lane Kiffin. All these guys have coached or come from the same tree, and it all leads back to Art Briles and Baylor, and. I think in a lot of ways, Tennessee, at least offensively, mirrors Ole Miss. Now, from a quarterback standpoint, Matt Crow is incredibly athletic and doesn't get enough credit for how good he is as a runner. But Tennessee has completely changed offensively. And I, I think a lot of it, of course, has to do with the quarterback change. But they do mirror each other in that way. And I, I think that what's concerning, if you're an Ole Miss fan, is defensively, Ole Miss didn't really give you much to get excited about on Saturday against Arkansas. They finally blitzed on that two-point conversion try by Arkansas and KJ Jefferson, who isn't particularly accurate, though he was great on Saturday, finally facing pressure, threw it away and had a bad pass, and it worked. So maybe Ole Miss brings pressure here, but you've got a running quarterback, super athletic quarterback, and an offense that you faced every single day. I wonder if that's even an advantage at all, or is Ole Miss defensively just kind of they are what they are?
3: Yeah, I mean, it could be it could be an advantage, but the, the thing about it is it's just going to be a matter of of are we going to scheme, actually show up with a scheme that that stops a run. I mean, that's what they're going to do. This guy has rushed for, you know, 100-something yards, 150 yards plus in the last two games, um, thrown, you know, whatever, 450 yards. So, I mean, he's a runner. I mean, it, it, whenever he's run the ball and extended plays, that that's what makes him good. Um, but it's going to be a matter of us. We're going to have to choose. We're going to have to pick our poison this week. We can't. Line up in three down, play soft and off, and say, "Hey, you know, you can throw it for ten yards on us, and you can run it for six. We need to come into it and stop one of them, you know. And, and I'm hoping it's the run. I'm hoping we, I'm hoping we get after them a little bit and try to stack it, stack it in there, pressure a little bit, um, blitz. I hope, I hope we, re- we really line up, and say, "Hey, if you're going to beat us on the run, you're not going to do it with the with a silly three down, soft and off." And I hope we, hope we bring some pressure and, and ca- kind of get after them in that sense.
2: Are you kind of bullish still that Ole Miss can win out? or defensively now has that temperature expectations
3: no i, I i'm still bullish on that I, I gotta see i gotta see one thing this week um you know the, that arkansas game was kind of odd that's always a tough opponent for us and and, and they matched up really bad why with is us. that
2: why can't why have y'all always played arkansas weird
3: i don't know i don't know it's the same it was the same way with bandy always too but luckily that's kind of came to a halt here lately but um, I don't know, man. I mean, that I know that the last two years, you know, it's been totally because they know each other's offense so well, and um, Odom just a beast. I mean, their their defense coordinator, you know, he really schemed us year before. This year, we kind of got after him, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird matchup, and um, you know, every coach has their has their team they struggle with or, or their style they struggle with. So,
2: but almost oh. in Arkansas, it's just so bizarre. Fourth and twenty eight comes to mind immediately. The one I always go back to was when Houston Nutt returned to Fayetteville and they were throwing batteries and stuff. And then what they were doing, yeah. it was something crazy, wasn't it? Like that environment yep. was insane.
3: Yeah, we kept our helmet on in that pregame. There was shit flying everywhere.
2: Did you get hit with anything?
3: No, nah, I didn't get hit with anything. But they they certainly were hauling, Were were you know tossing around pretty good.
2: Well, you know, the funniest thing about that game in particular was the post-game after y'all win this game. And I think y'all had to come back and win, didn't you? I can't remember.
3: Um. Yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, they're pissed. Really pissed. Everybody's pissed. It's not just the fans. It's the people in the field. The photographers are pissed. Everybody's mad. And Chuck almost got in a fight. He he got face to face with the guy. And I'm not saying this because Arkansas is the Razorbacks and their mascot, but he had a pig face. He, he did. And Chuck and Pigface are going nose to nose and Michael Orr saves Chuck from getting arrested. He's about to just go to blows with this guy, and here come the big, angry Arkansas cops who are already mad enough because Houston Nutt just won back in Fayetteville, and Michael Orr saves the day and yanks Chuck away from uh, this guy who, I don't know, it's been a good matchup, I guess. But here we are again, and Ole Miss is beating Arkansas, and Chuck's back on the beat. He's back covering things. So yes, that, that's happening too. If you're curious, Chuck's back. He's going to be active on the message board, writing columns and things like that. And um, yeah, I mean Ch- Chuck's back being the Godfather, and I love that. But it's there's going to be a lot of different things as way in terms of how own three operates and how we as the Ole Miss spirit operate. But I'll never forget that man. It's just so strange, and I've never understood it. Arkansas almost can't play a normal game, and yet Ole Miss wins, and it's great, and everybody's fired up, but you come out of that game w- with more questions than answers, I think, about Ole Miss defensively, and even Lane Kiffin has that, and I don't think that Lane Kiffin, I think it's pretty obvious, and you can speak to this more than I can, but I don't think Lane Kiffin's particularly happy right now with D.J. Durkin, you can just sense that.
3: Yeah, I think that um, I think there's some there's some there's some tension there, Um, you know, without without saying too much. um, I think those two I think there were some some choice words said after this last game um, to the defensive staff or or, or something along those lines. Not not quite sure what, but but I've heard some rumblings. There was, um, you know, there there, there was a little bit of conversation after that game, to say the least. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I think that um, I don't know internally exactly what's going on there. Um, you know, I've heard anything from, you know, they're not allowed to pressure, all kinds of weird stuff, but I, I think that something's going to change this week. I think they would be, they'd be crazy not to, I mean, they roll out and do the same stuff and, and Tennessee runs for 300 plus yards on us. And, and, um, in, in that sense, I, I think we're getting close to, to some, to, to a change happening potentially, which is, which would be odd, but for a team that that's a winning team. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. That this week will be a big week. Um, I know Tennessee's hyped up; um, they're ready for us to come in. They've um, they're four and two. You know, they they got wins over Bowling Green, Texas, um, or Tennessee Tech, Missouri, and South Carolina. So they really didn't beat anybody, but they are pretty confident enough to SEC wins that they can, um, yeah, they can get us. So. Um, I think that, you know, that this, will, this will be a great week for the defense to show up. How, how nice would it be for us to show up and, and kind of get after this run, stuff them, and then put up a bunch of points. So um, it, it'll be interesting.
2: We'll get right back to Bradley Sal in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that, I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back and you're gonna be there when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car truck or jeep you've always wanted. Well the only place to go for your next perfect car truck or jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season. Specifically, Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally-owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday. 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at ChaneysPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy. Much more than just a
1: pharmacy. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass. Days in the water at the ballpark
2: Well, now I'm really intrigued. Is that normal for the head coach and a coordinator or a coach? I mean, in season, you've been in those rock locker rooms before. Is that a normal thing that happens? Just tensions oh, rising and stuff like that, uh, and reaching a boiling oh, yeah. point.
3: Okay. Oh yeah, I, I've listened. When you play for Bruce Arians for four years, them coordinators better walk his tight line because um, <laughs> Bruce don't play, um, especially especially when the special teams mess up or. Or, or the defense was doing something crazy. I mean, yeah, there's it's, here's here's the deal with football, man. Like, you all love each other, but you're all, all fighting for the same goal. And if you're playing with coordinators that, that you can't say stuff to, you're not you're not playing with the right people. Um, you know, y'all are in this together, and and it's it's no different if the offense was uh, was messing up as well. I mean, when I had when we struggled in Chicago and Matt Nagy was a coordinator, you know there were some there were some stuff said then too. You know, from from certain players and certain coaches as well. Um, it's just one of those things, man. Football is—you is, uh, got to have, you got to have thick skin, and you got to be. Everybody's got to be accountable. Everybody's got to be able to be called out, so so that so it can get fixed, and and um and collectively the team can get better. So, um, you know they used to always say, check your ego at the door, and um, when one side of the ball is hurting, hurting the team, um, shit needs to be said. Period.
2: Man, I could buy Bruce Arians being really intense, and I think if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember what coaching search it was, but Bruce Arians cropped up as or popped up popped up as a potential candidate for Ole Miss's coaching search. I can't remember what search that was. Maybe it was back with the Dennis Erickson stuff. I don't remember when they hired Ordrin, but like I th- I'm pretty sure Bruce Arians was at one point a candidate. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Go on Twitter at Spirit Ben or go on the new Ole Miss Spirit message board on On3 and tell me. But I'm pretty sure that he was a candidate at some point. Did you ever like broach that topic with him?
3: Um, a candidate for Ole Miss, or a yeah. For, um, I don't know if he was a candidate for Ole Miss. I know that uh, he was at Mississippi State at one time. Um, oh, okay. I think, I think he was. He was actually actually Mississippi State coach. Um, I'm, I'm more than sure he was. Yeah, uh, I don't know but yeah he's um it, w- it wouldn't shock me man i mean it took him a long time to become a head coach but um that was just kind of he was stuck in his ways he wanted to be a quarterback's coach and coordinator and once he got the head coaching job the world kind of saw how real he was and they're like oh maybe i know why he wasn't a head coach he's a little bit too honest and like he's not gonna <laughs> i mean he'll cuss tom brady slick trust me and, and tom wouldn't tom would respect it respected him like oh you know the, bruce is your uncle he we, i used to call him the drunk uncle man like He's about to let you know, and then, then he'll ask you, "Hey, you want to go play golf?" But I'm like, "Coach, you just <laughs> you just you just told me in practice I can't count to three, and I'm going to be bagging groceries." <laughs> um, no, I don't want to go play golf with you after after practice. Um, oh, it like it's, AK,
2: that- it's like AK told uh, Murphy Holloway one time. He said, "Murph, you're good, but you're undersized, and you're going to go be. You're going to go. What he say? You're going to go uh, make sandwiches or something in Poland." And uh, Murph was like, "Yeah, I promised myself from that point forward I'd never go to Poland or whatever country that he said." (laughs) Yeah, like coaches do that, man. They come at y'all. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I mean, and I liked it. I always liked it with Bruce, man. It was short team meetings. There was there was no um, no fluff whatsoever. Um, He just lets you know where you stand. He used to say, "Hey, man, like if your football sucks, I'm not. You know, don't take it personally. I'm just going to tell you." But being once we leave this building, we can be best friends. I don't care, you know. So. I always respected that man. Like, and I knew when he came and told me I suck, that means I suck like period. Like, and I needed to fix it. So uh, a lot of coaches do all the fluff and you know, they go behind your back and um, you know, they, 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 try to play the whole good, cool guy. But you know, at the end of the day they're stabbing your back. Now, Bruce told you where you were and he used to always say, Hey, I'll tolerate you until I can replace you. So, and he was dead serious, man. Like he, he would tell you. So it's um, I love that. I mean, it made me a better player. It made me much more accountable.
2: Well, see, that's why I get the question all the time, and I'm sure you do too, about Lane and his future at Ole Miss. And there's already been rumors put out there, and I think it was a national writer. I can't remember. The last couple of days have been a lot, so forgive me. We're rambling on this podcast today. It's just a stream of consciousness, one spit take here, and we're done. But... um. Lane Kiffin and his future. Uh, you know, I read that LSU. He's he's already a leading candidate. It may be a Scott Rabelais that said this, and he's already a leading candidate. And LSU wants him, and they're going to pursue him in the off season. And it's no secret at this point that Lane Kiffin did talk to Auburn. That did happen. Auburn did want to go in that direction, and whatever. But Lane is an habitual flirter as far as coaching. Searches are concerned, which is totally okay. I don't know why anybody even cares. The fact that your coach is coveted is a good thing. That means he's doing what you want him to do. So if you think that him talking to other schools is bad, well, I got bad news for you. He's going to do that. It's up to Ole Miss. It's the impetus is on Ole Miss to do what's necessary to keep him. I'm getting off track. But LSU apparently, according to Scott, or maybe it was Matt Muscona. I can't remember who said this, but whoever said it that he's a leading candidate already at LSU. That makes sense. But what makes more sense when you talk about Bruce Arians and how he treats players in that relationship and taking into account Lane's personality, Al Davis was kind of ahead of his time when he hired Lane Kiffin as his head coach. Because I think the NFL and the modern NFL – especially when you look at the best team in football right now, the Arizona Cardinals coached by Cliff Kingsbury, who was a bad college coach or not bad, but certainly an average college coach. Lane Kiffin makes way too much sense for an NFL team. Now I don't know if any NFL team will do it, but that seems to me like what he would really like to have, where he'd really like to go. Urban Meyer is a completely different story. Everyone and their mother said that's going to be a disaster. And it's been a disaster Lane Kiffin makes too much sense in the NFL.
3: Yeah, I mean he it's it's just hard to get a track it's hard to get a beat on what, you know, what Lane wants, not knowing him super personal or anything like that. But that's who he is. Uh, he don't want you yeah. to know what
2: he know what he wants or anything like yep. that.
3: Yeah. One hundred percent. So I mean I, I think that, you know, I think he would do well in the NFL. I think he really would. Um, I don't know about all the corniness though. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think I think all the tweeting and corniness may not be as cool in the NFL to the players, but um, I don't think it's yeah. corny. I think it's part of the brand. So he is. Yeah, it's okay. It, it, it's great for college. It, I mean, it's it is. Really it's, a yeah. That's a good stuff. point. It's
2: really good for college. That's how yeah, you build interest. There's in there's,
3: there's like there. going to be dudes on his team that maybe is, you know, close to his age. So there's not, I mean, they're not going to really be looking at his Twitter and all that, but it's great for college. Um, yeah. I mean, he, I just think his offensive scheme is, is so NFL, you know, it's uh, yeah. it matches NFL so well. Um, Man, if I had like a if I had a really good quarterback that I was drafting, um, you get a Lane Kiffin there. I always thought Lincoln Riley as well too. Lincoln Riley kind of a would set it really always. well for the NFL.
2: Always, I always uh, thought that he would be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But now I'm just hoping and praying this could be Kellen Moore.
3: And, and the reason why those guys are are set for the set up for NFLs because they have very good um, you know route concepts and really NFL style style offenses. So that they'll transition well. They'll be able to put up points there. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I, we certainly – I hope he stays in Ole Miss forever. It's not happening now. Oh, yeah. He, I do too. I think – honestly, the more I thought about it, I thought that he would He would leave NFL before he would leave and go to, to, go to another college. I just don't see LSU happen. I just don't think that um, – I mean, I just can't see him wanting to wanting to do that. I think if he were to leave, it would be NFL or a or, or destination that he absolutely had to be.
2: It's going to be tempting, though, if that's true. And I have no reason to doubt the reporting of Scott Rabelais. I have a ton of respect for Scott Rabley. He's great. Or Matt Moscona. They're they're both good at what they do. They're very plugged in down at LSU. Whichever one said it, and forgive me, I could look it up. I'm tired. I'm very, very tired. I'm just not going to put forth the effort. I'm just going to talk to Brad today for this podcast because a lot of people said, hey, Ben, is the podcast coming tomorrow? Yes. So here it is. I just think that it makes sense for what he – I think what he wants in college because I do think he wants – One of those big jobs again. I don't think Auburn is that kind of job. And it's no disrespect to Auburn. But LSU has a higher profile than Auburn. I think what Auburn could offer him is in no way better than what Ole Miss could offer him. I think they're pretty much on the even playing field. And a lot of Auburn fans will scoff at that. And I get it. They have a bigger budget. And they think of themselves as bigger than Ole Miss. But as far as high national profile, not the budget, not anything like that. Just do you know about this team? Common fan in Illinois they know just as much about Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin because Lane Kiffin is not tied to a particular school. Like USC would, it will always just be USC, but Lane Kiffin is Ole Miss. They're, they're simpatico. One is not the other without the other. You get what I'm saying? Like Lane Kiffin yeah. and Ole Miss <clears> are one and the same. So he doesn't get that at Auburn. He wouldn't get that necessarily at LSU, but for LSU coming off of what it is and the Ed Orgeron mess and everything it's dealing with, That makes sense because he's still getting what he wants, which is he is the brand, but also the stage and the profile with LSU because it's been damaged in that way. But does he walk into it? Because he talked about this on the SEC teleconference on Wednesday. Bruce Feldman was on there, and I love Bruce to death. And Bruce asked him, looking back after what happened with leaving Tennessee to go to USC, does he view it as a mistake? And he said, I don't look at it that way. We didn't know what we were walking into. Because he was told by the brass at USC that Reggie Bush, that whole situation there, the worst possible scenario was a slap on the wrist. And yet they get a two-year two, two bull ban, 30 scholarships and reductions. And I can't remember what the what the rest of it was, but basically it was the modern-day death penalty. It's exactly what Ole Miss got. Well, not the scholarships, but the two-year bowl ban and everything else. It's pretty much what Ole Miss got, which is ridiculous. But he didn't know he was walking into that. He was told it was basically a slap on the wrist, and they still went ten and two because the L.A. Times wrote, "Hey, get ready for three, four win seasons and all this kind of stuff." And they went ten and two, signed the number one class in the country, even though they're juniors and seniors. This is the other thing: their juniors and seniors could transfer without penalty. Sound familiar? They didn't know they were walking into that, and he didn't look at it that way. Like I, I feel like he said, "I feel like we, if we would have just had normal circumstances, we would have won a lot. I know we would have won a lot." So I just think LSU makes a lot of sense, but in that respect with what they're coming out of and what they could get, but is the NCAA toothless at this point, Brad? I, I don't know that. I don't know that. That could be a big thing of it. <clears throat> but if they aren't toothless and they do get punished in some meaningful way, which I won't hold my breath because, I mean, Will Wade's still coaching. So I'm not going to hold my breath on this. But if the NCAA is no longer or isn't toothless, then – yeah, I mean, LSU does make some sense. But still, I don't know, I'm kind of with you. I think Ole Miss is the perfect spot for him. Still, you're going to have to do what's necessary to keep him, right? You're going to have to do everything possible. Yeah, yeah You're going to have to do well, whatever, I, monetarily, I think, facilities, all that stuff.
3: Yeah, I think you're definitely going to have to, you know, always financially keep him in the in the upper upper tier. But I think one thing to look at here is we really need to watch out what happens with our quarterback position because – you got to think Lane stepped into a team that had a really good quarterback. Well, he really was responsible for for bringing them, bringing the best out of him, him and Levy. Well, if you look at, you know, you look at where we're, where we're headed next year quarterback wise, we just don't know. And that's a scary place to be. So Lane has all this hype and leverage now. So he's going to, it's going to be up to him whether or not he wants to say, Hey, I was able to go into Ole Miss, you know, have a pretty successful offense. Whereas, you know, you can mess around and win nine or 10 games this year and have a, have a, you know, lull next year, if the quarterback position doesn't get um, figured out. So I think when you look at it from a leverage standpoint, a, Hey, where's my best, best risk, whatever, you know, is he going to use Ole Miss to leverage it into a better job? Uh, But I think, I think a lot of it's going to depend on who he gets a quarterback. I think if we get a quarterback, he feels like, Hey, okay, we can go ahead and win with them. We're good. He's going to want to stay, but you mess around and don't get a quarterback. Or if he's not confident, the quarterback, you know, he could use us as a leapfrog.
2: Well, Hey, Spencer Rattler could be in the transfer portal. Did you hear about this? So this comes out on Wednesday. No, they, yeah, apparently the student paper at Oklahoma the reporter had binoculars and was looking into practice and saw that Caleb Williams was taking the majority of snaps and Caleb Williams looked great on Saturday.
3: Yeah, and, he's a he's a beast. he's yeah, one of the top recruits out of somewhere.
2: Yeah, he's going to be he's going to be awesome. And he sees that Caleb Williams or he or she, I can't remember, because I didn't get to read the story because I was dealing with some stuff. But they see that Caleb Williams is taking the majority of the snaps and that Spencer Rattler is nowhere to be seen. And Lincoln Riley cancels his press conference and says no more media availability because he gets pissed off, which, quite frankly, been through that before, and it's perfectly within their right. Don't agree with it, but it happens. Spencer Rattler, then, it's reported, is in the transfer portal. I don't think it's 100% confirmed as we're recording this, that this is happening. Well, the first thing I said as I'm getting blitzed with phone calls and texts and as me and Chuck are trying to roll out the new site, I look over at Chuck and say, hey, Spencer Rattler makes a lot of sense with Lane Kiffin next year, right? There's no guarantee that Luke Altmaier is the answer or whatever. We're all talking about how the transfer portal, they're definitely going to dip in there for a quarterback. Luke Altmaier, we all believe that he could be a future star at quarterback, but He's still just going to have one season of learning under Lane Kiffin. Maybe he needs a little bit more time, a little bit more seasoning. And then Chuck goes, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of reports out there that Spencer Rattler attitude problems. But you hear that all the time when they're going out the door. Do you buy any of that? Because all I know is from a fit standpoint, it makes a lot of sense.
3: Well, if you think about where Matt Corral was before Lane got there, we we would be saying the same stuff about Matt. Hey, he fumbles the ball you know kind of a wild attitude um kind of a gunslinger well you look at what lane kiffins did for Matt rowell Matt Corral is is i mean it's not even like what i think about Matt Corral today compared to what i thought about him two years ago i mean i have the utmost respect i wouldn't never i would never say a negative word about the kid because never. he handles himself like a pro he makes great decisions he's safe with the ball i mean like the things that they've done for this kid um you know in development is is amazing so why would we have any reason to think that he couldn't take a a Radler or one of these other kids that, that have a quote unquote attitude problem and make them into what he did with Matt Corral. And, um, you know, you take a kid like that, you just tell them straight up from the jump, like it's going to be my way. I'm going to teach you. You're going to do it this way, you know, And, and you just set the, set it straight from right, right off the bat and let them know, you know, you can, you can be a starter at Ole Miss, but the attitude shits out the window. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, if we were to take a kid like that, I would Lane Kiffin would, and Jeff Levy would could do awesome things with someone like that.
2: I feel the exact same way. I feel the exact same way because all the stuff that you're hearing about Spencer Rattler and I don't know the kid and I feel like a lot of this stuff gets put out there in the uh, public space or on Twitter, social media, and a lot of it's not particularly true. Most of it's just noise. It's not sourced at all. Speaking of sources this week. Um, but Spencer Rattler, you hear all about the bad stuff. And Matt Crowell, he dealt with all that kind of stuff, too. That he had this attitude problem, or that this, that, and the other. And Matt's been unbelievable. He could go down as the greatest quarterback in almost history. Right now, well, not right now. I think it was on Sunday, my buddy Ben Mintz over at Barstool tweeted out that he's the betting favorite to win the Heisman. Still hadn't thrown an interception. Played unbelievably well against Arkansas. And they kept going on and on to Joe Tess and McElroy about how he didn't play particularly well against Alabama. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He was great against Alabama. He didn't have that Lamar Jackson against Houston, his Heisman trophy winning year performance. He didn't have that. He didn't have Johnny Manziel throwing three interceptions against LSU. He didn't have any of that. He was really good against Alabama. Everybody else didn't have a good day. So of course he's the betting favorite because who else would it be? Bryce Young? Look at the numbers and look what Matt Corral means to Ole Miss. I shudder to think what Ole Miss would look like without Matt Corral. But there was a time, and and I'm one of these people. Like, I fully admit, I, I was wrong. I said that, I think at the time, we were doing the predictive stuff that we do, like buy or sell or whatever. And there was something we did about just a bold prediction. And my bold prediction was that Matt Corral wouldn't finish the season as Ole Miss's starting quarterback. But had nothing to do with my belief in Matt Crowell or what I thought about him as a talent. It was all about how John Rice Plumley was the hand chosen quarterback of Rich Rodriguez in that archaic offense that was stuck in 2007 or whatever at West Virginia. So that's why I said it. But it was taken as if I was a John Rice Plumley fluffer and a hater of Matt Crowell, which wasn't the case. And Matt Crowell has taken that. He just stayed the course. Coaching change happened. There was a quote unquote competition that wasn't really a competition and he's been dynamic ever since and could go down as the greatest Ole Miss quarterback in history. And if he wins the Heisman, there's no debate. But there was a time when he was dealing with the same kind of stuff that Spencer Rattler's dealing with right now and Lane Kiffin fixed him. (laughs) So if there's any quarterback coach I believe in to fix a Spencer Rattler or any damaged goods quarterback, because that's what you're viewed as if you enter the transfer portal, you're damaged goods. Unless you go to the perfect spot or if you're Jalen Hurts if there's any quarterback coach or head coach that I believe in other than Lincoln Riley to fix him and Lincoln Riley couldn't fix Mr. Rattler. So that's not a great example, actually, but if there's one guy, you know where I'm going with this is Lane Kiffin.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And listen, you can, you can't name me one person after, after the year with Rich Rod after Matt Luke's last year, if Matt Corral would have transferred, there's not a soul that would have batted an eye at it. I mean, they, they wouldn't have, it wouldn't have felt like a huge loss. Nobody could for could foresee what Matt Crow has become. There wasn't a soul saying that he was gonna become a Heisman, a potential Heisman favorite. <laughs> yeah.
2: They didn't develop him that way. There was no offense built around what Matt Crow does. Well, this one is. And you're absolutely right. Had he transferred, everyone would have gone, of course he did. And then once Matt went to that next school and balled out, can you imagine the we are all Miss stuff that would have come out after that?
3: Yeah. But you know what, th- there's no guarantee he would have balled out. I, I mean, I think that, that he got put in the perfect offense. I mean, his Lane Kiffin's offense really highlights what he does well, and that's spin that ball deep. And um, not to mention some of these schemes are, are pretty awesome. I mean, he's hitting he's, he's hitting some wide open guys a lot. So, I mean, there's no guarantee he gets what the, another school takes him in after, you know, what they saw on film. It's not like he would have had offers from Ohio State and all these other schools. I mean, there's no telling where he would end ended up going. Because it wasn't like his film was just absolutely bawling before. I mean, if he had entered the portal, there's no telling where he would ended up. That's but a good point. That's really. But good point. now, now where he's at, I mean, um, he's just. It, it, this was a perfect storm, man. The the kid really matured. Lane Kiffin got a hold of him, and I mean, uh, dude, he is he is phenomenal to watch. I mean, he is he is the heart and soul of Ole Miss. You take him off the team, we five or maybe four or five wins worse. So it is what it is, man. It was a perfect storm. And, and I think that, um, you know, we're, we're certainly fortunate enough to have him.
2: Going to jump right back to Bradley Sal in this edition of Talk of Champions after we hear from BNA Bank and Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, two more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Women, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. If Matt Crow's not on this team, they're a four-win team at best.
3: I think the only thing that would save us is if we really we would have to really run the ball, not unconsciously with our with our three backs. But yeah, I just don't. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, I'll never doubt Kiffin and Levy. Though they they would be creative enough to to make something work.
2: I believe that. I'm curious as to how they'll utilize Jerry on Ely if they'll just go back to what they were doing before they went out and just absolutely torched Arkansas offensively without him, with Snoop, with Henry Parrish, knowing that you're not taking away touches from Jerion Ely, but just knowing that Jerion can do other things that those other two can't do as far as catching the ball. And Snoop, we've been over this countless times. We can't keep rehashing it, but Snoop is the best pure runner of all three of them. So I'm curious on Saturday against Tennessee if there will be any change as far as utilization of Jerion Ely to take advantage of all the weapons that they have offensively. Do you think so?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it'll be more of the same. I think they'll they'll just stick right back in the role um that 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 he had the week before. He'll he'll catch the ball quite a bit. He'll you know, he'll 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 get in there. It it'll be much more like he was doing before. I I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him um to catch the ball a little more this week. That that that's my that's my prediction on this. I think that um, I think they're going to find a way to get a couple of those backs on the field. Um, you know, I know, I think we may start seeing some more John rice here too. He had a couple of big plays last game. Um, you know, I feel like he could be, could be a little bit of a spark plug. I, I'd like to see him get more involved too here.
2: Have we been reading this Snoop Connor usage thing all wrong and hear me out on this. We all agree that he's the best pure runner. Everybody's caught on at this point. Now you were out in front of everybody on that. Got a little pushback, but you've been right. You've been proven right by his performance as a pure running back. He's not the pass catcher that Jerian is. He's not the pass catcher that Henry Parrish is, but as a pure runner, he's the best. I'm curious if they're not utilizing him as the closer. You wear them down, you yeah. wear them down, you wear them down, you're running 80 plays a game, and then you bring in that monster to finish things. Because Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Arkansas, I think those three are top three in the country in rushing. And... You can't argue with the results. You can argue with, well, why does Snoop not get more opportunities? Well, maybe it's because he's the closer.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think you got that going on, and I think that that's sometimes, man. You only get so many drives in a game, and the way they run the the, the no huddle, they just can't get him in there. You know what I mean? I, I think it's a matter of, you know, whoever's in there is kind of, you know, if they're rolling, they're rolling, and you go a couple series where you you go, say, Paris gets a run ely gets a run and then they go you know seven eight plays and score but they haven't really slowed down you know that 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 really cuts into carries for for multiple guys so they get a little bit of both those going on you know and just kind of looking at the film I went back and, and kind of watched over some of our games just kind of seeing what what some of the issues are I think there there could be you know some potential missed blocks in there in the in the in the blocking scheme especially with um you know, I think Snoop has made a few busts in that sense. That, that I don't know if that's hurting him or maybe his tr- the trust level with the coaches are a little down uh, when it comes to pass protection. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd like to see him in there more, um, but for whatever reason, that's just not 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 who they who they go with. Um, you know, to start and not to mention, I mean, even look, Bullet got um, got more more carries early on last game or got in there, you know, for for a driver too, which was which was odd.
2: That was odd. It really was. Both you and I said that. I think we texted about it immediately when it happened. We were like, what did, what did he do? What did Snoop do? They control bullocks getting a full run of his own drive before Snoop does. It's weird. Yeah, Yeah, it was just weird. It was just, all right. Before we get out of here, I have no clue what we've talked about. I'm being dead serious and I'm sorry if this has just been some stream of consciousness podcast, but what did you expect here? (laughs) We're just getting back going again.
3: Yeah, I mean it's um it's cool to get on here. You know, I think I think I mean going forward, you and I can create some cool segments. We have some good ideas. We've been bouncing off each other. Um, you know, we also like some suggestions too. You know, from people that want to oh, see yeah. certain.
2: What do you like? I like,
3: I like to break down some plays and and do some cool stuff that um that maybe the common fan doesn't really notice or see. But um, you know, we'll get there. We'll we'll get rolling on this. Um, you know, we'll we'll definitely have some pretty neat content. Oh coming yeah, out.
2: and the interviews won't stop. That will continue. It's just the structure before the interview. You're used to a particular format with Talk of Champions. That's not going to stop anyway. But how we get to that interview, that's gonna be a little bit different. And Brad and I were doing this for a long time together before me and David got back going again and then all the craziness happened. So I don't know. Bear with me. I don't think there's going to be a podcast on Friday. We haven't been doing a Friday podcast anyway, when me and David went daily been running best of stuff so i'll do that on friday and then on monday i don't even know if it's gonna be daily anymore i just don't know i don't know everything is kind of up in the air so hit me up on twitter at spirit ben that hasn't changed anyway this is talk of champions i'm ben garrett he's bradley sal at spirit Ben on twitter i write for the old miss spirit and affiliate of on3.com if you haven't already subscribed rate, review talk of champions and itunes and when you do Leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions and check out the Ole Miss Spirit on On3. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by my bookie. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And that's why I always tell people to put your money down at my bookie. The Arizona Cardinals have come out to a hot start. The Chiefs have as many losses as they did last year. And with all the overs hitting and the dying seconds of a game, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Thankfully, my bookies lock of the season has returned for the Las Vegas, Seattle NHL opening night game. And when either team scores in the game, you win. You heard that right. When the lamp lights red, you get the bread. Take the easy win, pat yourself on the back and use your winnings toward your NFL picks for week six, which includes a battle between two potential Super Bowl contenders when the Cardinals meet the Browns. Don't miss out on winning season. Head to my bookie and use our promo code TOC for talk of champions TOC and you'll get double your first deposit. That's promo code TOC for talk of champions TOC. So you can double your funds to double your winnings, Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Before we get out of here. Okay. So Josh Heupel was UCS former head coach, Jeff Levy served as quarterbacks coach in 2018. He was elevated to offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in 2019 He served as a student assistant coach from 2002 to 2006 when Heupel was a graduate assistant and quarterbacks coach at Oklahoma. We talk about these connections a lot in the media, but from a player standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from a locker room standpoint, does that stuff matter in any meaningful way come kickoff?
3: I don't think it matters to the players whatsoever, but I think that it matters a lot to the, to the coaches. So, so for instance, whenever we play the Eagles, and, um, Doug, Doug Peterson or, or yeah, Doug Peterson was head coach, Matt Nagy and Doug coached together a long time. Well, they, they use some of the same terminology. So we had to spend that week, you know, switching up words, you know, to, to our offense. Cause we knew that, that Doug was going to tell them, Hey, when they say this, it means this, um, there's going to be a lot of stuff. They're going to have to maybe, maybe, you know, mask or change this week. Um, it's kind of the biggest thing, you know, that, that they know what's coming, you know, and, and what's, it's funny, you know, you hear it on TV yeah, even now when I when I watch the Bears play, I know exactly what plays come whenever they're making calls and stuff. So it's no different for when you're playing a coach that you're with a long time. You kind of know what they like to do. You know what their calls are. So there's just like a little bit of gamesmanship between the coaches this week probably of, you know, hey, we got a man. I'm sure it went on last week too, especially with the, with Kendall. So, um, yeah, th- that's the only difference. It means a lot to the coaches because they know each other so well and they know they're going to have their, their – you know, we know their players are. are, are our offense coordinators talking to their defense coordinator. Heifel's talking to their defense coordinator. telling them, hey, look for this. If you hear this, it means this. You know, really, really going home on that. So I think there'll be a little bit of gamesmanship in there and some changed terms. Is almost going to win. I think we do. I think we do. But it's going to come down to this. I'm telling you, it's going to come down to how we handle the environment. We're going we we show up and and get in the law and and you know get you know start looking flat. I mean, we could be in for trouble because this team is going to be hyped. Now they have not beat a soul, and that they have they have four crappy wins, but they are four wins. And the last two of our SEC opponents, they whooped their tail. They're going to be fired up. They're going to want to play, but it's where you're going to have to match their intensity at the beginning, or it could be a long night for us. So um, it's going to be up to up to those guys how what kind of attitude they want to show up. But on paper and on the field, Ole Miss is a better team. And Tennessee should not be able to stop us, but it's gonna be a matter if we show up and, and hit them in the mouth and, and quiet down that crowd, and, you know, kinda of, kinda of handle that first quarter, you know, keep it right there, right there tight or, or close in that first quarter, and then let's let's get rolling on them. And I, I think we do win. I think it's gonna be a tight one though. I really do. Um but I, but I think I think we go up there and take care of business.
2: What matchups are you most paying attention to?
3: Well, I, I think I think all eyes, you know, after last week, all eyes are going. I mean, we know the offense is going to perform. You know, I, I think I think something that would help is if if we went up there and we kept the game plan simple early, and just really ran that ball, almost like we did versus Arkansas. Let's go up there and and the best way to quiet a crowd is go up there and just freaking mash them right in the mouth, going six yards, you know. If, but just keep that run going so so that so they can't get any momentum and get you know get after the quarterback, all that stuff. Let's go up there and run the ball. let us I mean—how nice would it be to show up, get the ball first, go twelve plays, you know, five or six minutes, and, and you know, smash them all the way down the field. That would kind of send a message. But, um, but, but the big matchup that every, I think everybody wants to see is what's our defense going to look like this week? And I'm going to know right away, as soon as we roll it out there, that that's 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 what I want to that's what I want to see. I want to see our defense show up, you know, give some different looks. Let's be aggressive. Let, let's have a new theme this week. Let let's look like we went to practice. And actually came up with a game plan and didn't just sit there no matter the situation and keep running the same exact thing. Let's let's not let's not see that this week. So that's what I'm looking for. And I think so that's what 95% of Ole Miss fans are looking for.
2: Score prediction.
3: I got Olmus forty one, Tennessee thirty
2: five. All right. Does Lane Kiffins return to Tennessee matter? It's his third trip back to Knoxville. I think he's actually gonna get a pretty good reception this time.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they'll boom and all that, whatever. I think that the the whole return of Tennessee days are, you know, I think it's just so long ago. He's done so much since then. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I think the people that he was even involved with, are, or I don't know if they're even there or whatever. But um, I, I don't think they're really focused on that. I think they're going to be more or less focused on their team. And you know, Tennessee thinks they're finally finally on their way back up. And you know, if they win a game like this to get to five and two, I mean, that would be a you know a pretty solid start to the season for for Tennessee and their new coach.
2: Oh, we're doing this. Texas is always back, so Tennessee's back.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like Notre Dame yeah, they could be, you yeah, know, N- Notre Dame starts out 3 and 0, they're number 2 in the nation and then always. when they step to the ring with somebody they get they get smacked. So, yeah, whenever Notre Dame wins a game or two, it don't matter. They're they're back to number 1.
2: Thanks for doing this with me, man. It was last minute I said, Brad, I need to do a podcast. We were going to do our football fix like normal, and then everything, all hell broke loose, and everything changed. And uh, we just jumped on and started talking. So, hey, man, thanks for doing it again with me. It was fun.
3: Yeah, absolutely, dude. That's it's awesome. I'm I'm, I'm excited about um, you know getting on on three um, and you know doing what we were doing on the other board, but um, you know, but going forward though, we're gonna. We're not going to mention the old site one time. This is the only pod we're ever going to mention the old site. We're going to move forward and we're going to go, you know, we're going to be all, we're going to help on three, build it, build up as best we can.
2: If you haven't already subscribed, rate review talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do leave a five-star review, it doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars, but you know that this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast, just simply search talk of champions and I'll write for the old Miss spirit an affiliate of on 3com I'm fired up. And thanks again to everybody for the support. Thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon.
0: at MVMT.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.